Right, uh, I'm going to be a bit of a wet blanket after that, really. I'm doing a sort of a more cold academic sort of uh, discussion about the strike. And I suppose um, taking a sort of history and policy perspective and asking us, asking really what can we learn from the experience um, of the strike about the relationship between trade union power, society and the media. Um, and about in, in, in relation to the situation of trade unions nowadays. Um, and I picked up on the point that someone made earlier that the strike was a, a major watershed in British industrial relations. And I think the strike, to be understood in its political terms, needs to be understood as part of the wider context of where trade unions were in the, in the early 1980s. Um, I suppose in the public mind, the strike uh, was about four issues. Um, the first, and I say in the public mind, this is the mind as generated by the, the media, by the debates at the time and so on. Um, the, first, the first set of issues is what the strike was really about, which was the economic and social arguments against pit, uh, pit closures, colliery closures. And there's obviously rational and emotional sides to that, to do to de defending communities, but also uh, rational arguments about the future of the coal industry, which collieries should stay open uh, in economic terms and so forth, which I guess any government, Labour or Conservative, would have to address. Um, then there's, a, there's three other issues that became very prominent in the strike. Uh, the extent to which there was scope for a compromise settlement, uh, the, the, the question of the national ballot, which seemed to me a, a very large issue in the, in the dispute, and arguments about mass, mass picketing and its, and its links to violence and stuff like that. And I think one of the problems in terms of the politics of the strike, uh, looking back on it, and I think it was fairly evident at the time as well, was that the, 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 the last three issues took over from the major issues. So the strike became less and less about the economic and social arguments about colliery closures and more and more about these other issues. And so in a sense what I'm trying to, what I want to raise, which is probably an uncomfortable issue here, is, is the actual politics of the strike and the extent to which they actually made sense. I think when you look back on the strike, and again I've, I've written something on some of the Marxism Today coverage of the strike, when you look back on the strike you, you see there's a tension in the, in the union strategy going on during the strike. Um, and so the women against pit closures, which develops later in the strike, um, is, you know, nowadays we'd probably see that as an, as an early example of social movement unionism, and a lot of people write stuff about that nowadays. And I think there's a lot that can be learnt from that experience, and the coal communities campaign, the building links with the churches and other organisations in the local communities, and so forth. And to me, what that actually embodies is a sort of attempt to win the moral argument in the strike. To to actually win the argument that these are communities that are worth preserving and to try and persuade public opinion uh, in that way. And I, in my view, there's a contradiction between that, that type of approach, the strike, and, and the attempt to sort of project the strike as a form of 1970s industrial militancy, uh, where it, which focuses very heavily, the other strand focuses very heavily on the idea of unions ex exercising coercive economic powers through strikes and mass picketing. Um, and I think 
The first thing to say about that second strand is that it seems hard, to, as an industrial relations specialist, I think it's, it's unlikely to have succeeded in the early 1980s. It was already clear to, any, to most perceptive industrial relations specialists that that type of strategy wasn't likely to work. It was a period of high coal stocks, high unemployment. Uh, the strike wasn't over wages, it was over protecting jobs. It's a more difficult type of strike to, to run. But I think most of all, the thing I'd want to stress most is that we, we, we'd already entered a, an era of, of, of a very changed political environment. And so I, I think although you can say 1984-85 was a watershed, the, water, the real watershed was actually 1979. And I think the strike can only be understood um, in that context. So that by 1984, the British trade union movement was already in bad trouble. Um, long before this particular strike. Um, and uh, the, in a sense, what was needed was a new, new trade union politics that dealt with that political crisis in the, in the British trade union movement. And uh, you know, other things that were happening at the time is like a TUC debate about new realism, um, the, the controversial elect electricians, sing, uh, no strike deals, a variety of other things that were trying to address this, this crisis of the trade union movement. Um, and I think one of the problems with some of the, 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 the strategies pursued in the, the miners' strike was that the, these were old trade union strategies that took for granted uh, a soft post-war social democratic type of state. They were the sort of strategies that worked against Edward Heath. They were the sort of strategies that worked against Harold Wilson. They were the sort of strategies that worked in an era when uh, there was a consensus between employers, the state, and public opinion that trade unions were a good thing, and even if, even if people disagreed with certain policies and so on, there's a general consensus around that. And it seems to me that what had happened by 1984 is that that consensus had broken up, if you like, the, the, what you might call the post-war social democratic consensus, or what some people call corporatism. And uh, Brian Harrison's hist uh, history of uh, Britain talks about the idea that corporatism had been tested to destruction in the 1960s and 70s, and the idea that basically that type, that approach to managing society had gone. And I think that's, that is the crucial point in a sense, that trade unions, in my view, as, as somebody who's sympathetic to trade unions, as somebody who's worked on them all his life, by 1979, trade unions had lost public legitimacy. And because they'd lost public legitimacy, the state and employers could start to withdraw support from them in, in the way that you see with the National Coal Board, in the way you see with the Thatcher government. Um, and I think probably the sad thing about the strike is that I don't take the view that some people do that everything was lost by then, that somehow Mrs. Thatcher was an uh, unstoppable force by 1984. There was, I think there was still quite a lot to um, fight for in 1984, and I think if the strike had been more successful on the political front, more persuasive towards the general public, it might have um, started to shift the agenda away from Thatcher. But in fact, I think to quite a large extent, the opposite happened. The emphasis on mass picketing, the emphasis on law and order, and that sort of stuff seemed to me to reinforce the sort of direction of uh, neoliberal conservative policies of that era. 
So my, my, my implications are rather different to many of the speakers. Um, I, I think that um, militant economic trade unionism was a, a misguided trade union strategy. But I think it was a misguided strategy in the 70s because it, it, it helped to destroy that consensus that supported trade unions. I think it was an even more misguided strategy by the early 1980s when it was, I think, a fairly hopeless strategy as well because I don't think public opinion w would accept that policy. And we do have to remind ourselves now that you know, not only was Mrs Thatcher elected in 1979, she was re-elected in 1983 with a massive majority. And we do need to put this strike in that political context. A year before she'd been re-elected with a massive electoral majority. So there, it's a, there's a danger here of talking in abstract terms about the state, the media. What had happened here was a major political defeat for the Labour movement. And the Labour movement needs to address that political defeat. Um, so I think the problem was that the, uh, the, the strike, if it was going to be successful, had to win the moral and political argument in the media and society. And I think that's a, that's a problem for trade unions today just as much as it was then. And I think a central issue for trade unions is that that element of their power. I think it's a mistake which many academics uh, actually encourage to think that trade union power is all about economic power and how effectively you can pick it and how many people you can get out on strike. Trade unions in Britain through the 20th century grew primarily, or not primarily is too strong, they grew to a large extent through support from the state and from employers. And once the support of the state and employers was withdrawn from them, once they lost public opinion, they were in big trouble. And to me, that's the biggest lesson of the minor strike.